Welcome to Real Marketing University with David Collins, a podcast series designed exclusively for real estate agents who are ready to level up their practice and become the go-to neighborhood expert. Today's episode is brought to you by the Institute for Luxury Home Marketing, the premier independent training authority for real estate agents working in the luxury residential market. Go to luxuryhomemarketing.com to learn more, including how you can earn your CLHMS designation, recognized around the globe as the gold standard in luxury designation. Without further ado, here is your host, David Collins. Hey, good morning again, and welcome to Real Marketing. This is David Collins, president and founder. Today, we have an incredible guest, been in the business for 110 years. He's really not that old. Um, but <laughs> Dan and his wife and his daughter are all phenomenal agents here in San Diego. If you saw the last two podcasts, you'll notice that we were up in Idaho and we were in Phoenix and now we're in San Diego. Really trying to give you a well-rounded picture of marketing all across the country and how the same agents actually or different agents are using similar marketing just adjusted to their specific neighborhoods and markets. So um, again, I hate salesy stuff. So. I'm just gonna dive into it. This is Dan Conway. He's been a friend and a client for a long, long time. Dan, you know, you're very interesting and um, especially for the business and the longevity and your your daughter. So I wanna get into all of this. So how, how did you and Patty start? Well, um, Patty, when I met Patty 32 years ago, she was selling new homes and um, it was very intriguing to me. And my family business has been in real estate, but more on the, um, the commercial end with apartment buildings. So I was kind of familiar with that. But as Patty and I, our relationship and got married grew, it was always sort of about, you know, maybe I should get into real estate. At the time, I was teaching and coaching high school football and loving that, but knowing that it was going to come to an end when our youngest son finished playing. So I had an exit plan to go into real estate because I had the backing of my wife and both sides of our family were in, in real estate. So it, was, it felt like a no-brainer at the time. And it actually worked out. So I made a couple of good decisions in my life, and this was one of them. Yeah, and it was the other one. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm probably going to go back and forth because I'm a little ADD, but I know that um, some of the marketing you do with me is now stuff that Patty had sold 10, 20, 30 years ago. You're absolutely right. We, we farmed, we started to farm an area that my wife had sold as a brand new area, knowing that she would know those people. And it's been fabulous for us. Your marketing pieces are great. You work with us great on, on a lot of different styles. But yes, going into a neighborhood where we had name recognition was, was part of the, the, the reason we did that. Yeah, I think it's one of the, um, in my experience, 30 years in the business, that the agents that actually sold a new community and then stayed behind to do the resales typically have a career for life, literally a career for life. So, yeah, congratulations. It's, you know, you're, you're absolutely right. I started my business in the current neighborhood that I live in of 180 homes. And I would do something in that neighborhood, walking the neighborhoods, handing out flyers like every other week. I had two HP printers going all the time and I would pay and I would just put things on people's door. I, I have market share 
still in my neighborhood and I haven't sold anything here in a few years um, just from when I started. So you're right. Having that name recognition and going to the same places has been invaluable to us. How many pieces do you uh, farm now, Dan? How many homes do you farm? Approximately. That's, a, that's, that's that. something you can probably answer better <laughs> than me. I, I've got to believe uh, with the new program that we started with some of our agents, I have to believe we're in the four to 5,000 piece range. I could be wrong, but I think that's pretty close to accurate. You're very accurate. I think it's like a 4723 to be exact. But oh, okay. <laughs> now, Dan, you pay for some of your agents' marketing. Is that correct? Correct. And so what I see, and I've got another client in Colorado. What's his name? Greg Smith. He's got eight agents on his team. He pays for his market, their marketing. And, and the other team leaders are going, what, are you crazy? But here's the one thing the two of you have that the other team leaders don't have. Almost guaranteed retention, right? But as long as you're doing the marketing and they're making money and they're not having to come out of pocket, it's amazing. And agent, we will stay, as long as, you know, everything is on the up and up, that, that, how long that agent will stay with you guys. You hit it on the head, the nail on the head. We thought that to keep our people that we wanted to keep, we had to offer them something more than pats on the back. We said that let's let's invest in them and they love it. And we kept the pieces to look similar, thanks to you, because you had a proven strategy with us. So they are now, I'm getting the pieces. They look fabulous. Um, they're excited because now they've, they've expanded their business and with the support of us. And um, thank you, David, for, for putting this plan together for us. It's really, we, we, we think it'll work out well for us. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. And again, I want to make this more about you guys. So you guys are the number one real estate, number two real estate team in San Diego in 2021? We were, yes. That's quite an accomplishment compared to, you had to be right behind Greg Newman, who's also a client. You know, uh, I, I believe we were. We had a, we had a really nice year. Um, we were up for a lot of awards. Uh, we, we we took home a couple of them. Um, but that's all secondary. The most important thing is that we we served a lot of clients well, and our referral network has really kicked in for us. And it's even starting to kick in more now. And in this, this particular market, it's crazy. You need to have a a leg up on somebody else. They're just not going to hire you because of your marketing pieces. They're going to hire you because they know you. So we're starting to see a lot more referrals, which is the lifeblood of this business. Yeah, no, that, that, that's fantastic. Now, when did your daughter get into business? Taylor started with us. She had her license, I want to say probably uh, 12 years ago. And then um, 10 years ago, uh, my wife um, had a double mastectomy. So at that, prior to that, we asked Taylor to come and help us run the company. And she was thrilled to do it and accepted our position immediately. And that was 10 years ago, I believe in uh, like August, it would be 10 years she's been with us. Yeah, no, no, that's mad. She's an absolute sweetheart and your team. And I think that's um, another good point here for you and, and your team members, the same as Greg in, in um, Colorado, is that this branding is the Conway team. It's not, an in, it's not your daughter, it's not your wife, it's not individual agents. So you get continuity there and brand recognition and heaven forbid anybody should ever leave, you still have that aware, uh, brand awareness, which of course- it's a really good, that's, a, 
that's a really good point because sometimes some of our agents use that brand, the, the, the Dan Conway and Associates use that brand when they're when they're trying to pitch a, a, a pitch a listing to somebody. When they say, "Like you know, you not only get me, but you get Dan, Patty, and Taylor." So we come as a as a group, and that brings a, a little bit of pardon the language that brings a little bit of ass to the to the uh, program. We come we come as a strength. Gotcha. And if you don't mind, you and I don't mind if you don't want to share it, but what were your sales last year? Uh, last year we had 102 closings at 124 million. Nice job, congratulations. Thank you. Very, very good. Very, very impressive. So Dan, you know, you've been around a long time and you probably forgot more than most agents will ever know, um, but what advice could you give, say a, a new agent? And then I want you to give some advice to that agent that we all know, that agent that runs in the six, $7 million a year realm. They're kind of stuck there. They've been there for 15, 20 years. You know who I'm talking about. Yep. So the agent that's new, let's start there. Well, well, the agent that knew what we do, we actually just hired a couple of new people and we hire them based upon their past relationships, where they, where they kind of worked, their sphere of influence, because we've realized that your first sales are always going to come probably from family and friends, but then you have to broaden it a little bit and where you worked. And uh, did you teach? Did you did you work in a restaurant? Things like that, because you've made relationships with people that will likely be your clients, because because of the familiarity. People usually hire someone they're familiar with, so we we always want to make sure they have a nice sphere of influence. Um, the younger ones um, that we just brought in, girls, twenty nine years old, and that's actually the sweet spot. I call it for young real estate agents, because that's just about when around the time when people are getting married, they're having. Uh, their first children. So now they're starting to move out of the, their one bedroom place on PB and they got to start moving a little bit east to a home and things like that. Now that's what where you start to make the money. And that's what ha- that actually happened with Taylor 10 years ago. Uh, all her friends started to get married and, and started buying homes. And, and many of them are on their second and third homes. And that's again, like I said, that referral network, but that repeat business that keeps on happening. So we just looked at one girl and saw her energy and saw her sphere of influence. She, she's a local. Uh, those type of things are, the, are, are what uh, we thought was something that we could we could capitalize on and would, would help her. You know, and it's a good point. I'm going to go back to the experienced agent in a minute, but I have a lot of agents, um, like we interviewed Wayne Peterson in Idaho, new agent, decides he's going straight after luxury. But he had the wherewithal to last a year to get through that first year. And I think he did 10 or 11 transactions but then it start for eight or nine, 10 months because he had to build that, those relationships with those people. But with your daughter, like you said, and I mean, they, you start with their first home and, and I know these, the prices are all different, but I'm gonna use the $250,000 house. And then four years later, they're in a $500,000 house and so on and so on. And 20 years later, they're in that million and a half, $2 million price point. And now your daughter's in the luxury market and she just followed her client right into that particular scenario. It's one of the easiest ways to get into the luxury. So Dan, give me a little help with that, that seasoned agent, you know, eight, nine, 10 years doing eight, nine, 10 million. What would you say to them? Well, we're, fine. we're seeing a lot of people that still have their feet up on the desk and are waiting for the, the, the buyers and sellers to come to them. And we know that's not happening. There's so many options out there. We've clearly made this business look so easy. So everybody's gotten their license and it's clouded a lot of the uh, 
uh, opportunities for some of the older agents. You have to continue to do your marketing. You have to look into the new videos, into the social media types of things, as much as you may hate it. Okay, that's where people are finding you. And I was just in Boston and I was with a group of people who were just telling me how much they love seeing my homes. Okay, they're not buying any of my homes. Okay, but they're they're in Boston. They're part of that network that we have and they're seeing it. So where, where else is people being seen and who have friends there? So you do have to stay as current as possible. And, and I'm going to say this aloud. It's not always about video. It's not always about the... Uh, uh, radio and television. What it can be about is can be the print because it has a shelf life. It'll sit on your counter. It'll catch somebody's eye, but you have to continue to market. Nothing is easy. Don't try anything for two months or three months. If you're not committed for a year, forget about it. You've got to keep on doing it. And I see a lot of the, the um, older people like me um, that don't have people pushing them all the time. That is just sort of like, I'm kind of, all right, I'm done. I did it my way. I, I'm, I'm not going to spend the money. Hey, it takes money. Uh, it, you have to spend money in this business to make money. And we know that. So it's all part of that. You got to keep current. Yeah, I think that's a really good point, Dan. And I know I was an agent, again, 30 years ago. And I did the same thing. I worked with buyers, my friends, people I knew at the gym. And I get a lead from the gym. I'll never forget a beautiful couple. I sell their condo in Marin County 30 years ago for $350,000, two bedroom condo. A very expensive neighborhood, by the way. Big money. Big money up there. And uh, I thought, wow, man, this is easy. Like I, don't, I didn't have to spend any money. I just, matter of fact, I was at the gym doing my own thing and I made, you know, $15,000. And as you go forward, if, when it's that easy up front, you're going to get to a ceiling. And I'm probably just going to change the conversation here a little bit, but you get to a ceiling. Like if, you're, if you have 100 friends, Dan, in your personal sphere, and the turnover rate's 7%, that's the turnover rate in your city. That means people at the 100, seven are going to move every year. Well, if seven are going to move every year, that's your glass ceiling on the personal sphere. So what do you do to move that glass ceiling? I guarantee you of the 102 deals you did last year, they weren't all personal sphere. But you added, when you get a new client, they become personal sphere. And you just keep adding and adding and adding until you got to the point of, what, $124 million. Really, really, really well done. Give us, I'm going to, uh, I think we're almost out of time here, but uh, tell me, tell our audience to share with them um, just about your experience with real marketing, how, why, what. Well, you know, I'm spoiled. I have my proximity to where I live, to where your main branch is, is I like to just go over there and look at you guys and see what you do. I get inspiration by seeing all the stuff around. So I'm spoiled. Um, but, but, but the ideas that come out of that office are amazing. So I, I call you and I ask you for advice on things like that. Do you think this is a good piece to send out? And you'll give me advice. You'll actually look at it something and you'll, you'll just, you know, I say, stop critiquing it, the, the piece itself that is offline. Is this a good piece to send out? But so your eyes are so good with that. But I really appreciate that all the knowledge that you have. I trust you. And um and I'm 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 letting you hold my hand and pull me along to this uh if there is a next level. And I don't know what the next level could possibly be. We're looking forward to um uh, hitting the billion mark. Uh we should hit that by June. And um that's going to be something that we I'm going to leave up to you to market for me. <laughs> well, and I'm honored that you leave your family 
in my hands. Yes. And I, and you know, I will take care of you. <laughs> oh, I, I, I trust you. I trust you. That's why, that's why we have everybody with you. You're, you're, you're unbelievable. The things that you come up with, and I don't need to pat you on the back anymore or blow kisses to you, but uh, you did. Thank you for everything you've done for us. You're welcome. man. And I'll tell you where I got all that knowledge. It wasn't in school. It was, I spent more money making more mistakes than most 10 agents could afford. That's exactly right. Exactly. That's what I tell the people that work for us. I've tried everything. I know what doesn't work and I know what kind of works, but I've tried everything. Yeah. The miracles, those magic bullets that we hear at convention that, uh, that drive me nuts. I was with Brad Inman at the Inman convention last year. And I said to Brad, we're standing on the convention room floor. And I said, Brad, how many of these vendors were here five years ago? said, none other than you. I said, how many will be here in five years? I said, probably none other than you. (laughs) If you have a plan that works, just repeat it. Don't try and don't do like Dan and I did and try every magic shiny object under the sun. And um, if you ever send out another magnet again, remember refrigerators aren't steel anymore. (laughs) (laughs) That's a a great one. I like that one. I'm going to use it. Anything else you want to add before we close? No, I'm just uh, looking for. I'm, I'm seeing them shift in the market, and it's it's kind of shifted into our laps, which I'm pretty happy about. Uh, it was it was a, a little odd start to a, the year, um, but now we see things starting to settle in. We're kind of we're kind of moving with the flow a little bit, so we have to move on the run. It's like uh, when you put the game plan together and you figure that this run will work against this defense, and it doesn't. You got you can maybe now you got to do a play action pass and go over them. So we're kind of doing that right now. We're kind of shifting up our offense so uh, we can get in the end zone. There's Dan's coaching coming into play here. So <laughs> I'm gonna I'll share one little bit of tidbit with you, Dan. I hope you probably already know this, but um, I was talking to an agent the other day. He says, I can't get my sellers who really want to sell to sell because there's nothing to buy. And he actually put together a program. Maybe we can talk about it another time or maybe on the next podcast where he actually gets them to buy a house first and then they sell his because they know his is going to sell and or theirs is going to sell in, in a very short period of time. Um, I'm actually doing that right now. Yeah. I'm doing it right now. I'm in escrow on their go-to home and we'll sell the other home. They just want to make sure they got a home first. Well, Not you everybody's did, that, you lot, said, that, that uh, capable of doing it. Dan almost sold me a house and I'm like, like nah, 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 I'll get your house sold. Don't you worry. Or I'll find you one. Don't you worry about yeah. it. And I definitely trust you on that. <laughs> um, by the way, this, this podcast is uh, international. If you uh, primarily the U.S. and Canada, if you have any clients in San Diego, especially North County, um, you go to Dan and Patty. The, the gentleman you see in front of them is the gentleman your clients are going to meet. And that's what you want to know. Somebody with a ton of experience, a lot of energy, and happy in, to get along with. I think that there's so few of them. Dan, thank you again. Thank you, David. Always my pleasure to be with you. Congratulations on your wedding date. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you. That was such a great honor to have Dan Conway with us. Just a super stand-up guy. And one of the things that he talked about was the personal sphere versus the farm and the difference and kind of how they feed into each other. And when a couple of episodes ago, I did the lightning round and I promised you that I would come back and touch a little more deeply or, you know, unravel some of the the particulars of some of the tips that I gave you. 
And that first one is I wanna just feed right off of what Dan said about the personal sphere. So again, if you have 100 friends and 7% turnover rate is the natural for your particular area, seven of them are gonna move in that year. Now remember Lisa Groth in her interview, she capped out at 12 doing open houses. That was her glass ceiling. There was no way for her to actually go beyond that. Her, because she didn't have enough time right, to do more than 62 open houses in a year. And maybe Dan, because he only has 100 friends, which is a lot, by the way, and only seven are going to move. But Dan did 102 deals. So how'd he do that? And he started with us back in 2018. So it's been about four years. And he started with just about five or 600 homes. And he got some transactions out of it. Well, now every single one of those new people that he didn't know, that's our gig. We're gonna try and get you, we're not gonna try, we're gonna get you phone calls from people you don't know in particular neighborhoods to call you to do business with you. Once you've got them in your personal sphere, you should be in contact with them regularly. I say personal sphere maybe every other month, quarterly at the most. I don't think monthly is necessary because they already know you. But I think, and we have a personal sphere piece that we, you can at some point get a hold of us. There's gonna be plenty of contact information here. But I'll give you a couple examples. Greg Newman, downtown San Diego, started with four market reports, and he's now at 67 different market reports. So what else can you do in your career? You can't make 6,700 friends, you just don't have time. What else can you do in this business where you can do something, get a result, and then step and repeat it as often as you like? or until your lifestyle is just so full. Elizabeth McQueen, she'll be on with us in probably next month in Vancouver. She's at 37 different buildings, right? Now, Lisa Groth, remember Lisa? She only does two. She started with Tremonto. Nope, I'm sorry, she's at three now. But she's really happy with her lifestyle and what, she, what she's become. She's actually has time to go out and go dating and play pickleball and things of that nature. Just look at the agents making a lot of money in this business and almost always, Nine times out of 10, they work in a particular area or neighborhood. So that's my unraveling the personal sphere versus the farming. In my 30 years, there really is nothing. Anybody wants to send me a message. There's really nothing in this business that you can do for 60 years that still works. Even Zillow. Dan had a little bit of success with Zillow for the first two years. Boom. Then they changed the algorithm so they could now be become the agent. And the stories go on and on and on. I don't want to ever talk about Zillow. Not my cup of tea. Okay, here's a really good one, especially in a listing presentation. I told you that when your client, let's back up a little bit. When your client says, oh, where are you gonna get the buyers? Do you have buyers? Here is the response. There's two responses. One is gonna blow you away. The first one you should know, but most people don't. And that is 67% of people who sell their home buy another home in a 10 mile radius. So if you are selling, I'm in a listing appointment. You have a $400,000 house. Who do I market that house to? Current listings at 250,000 because they're most likely to move up to the 400,000. And there's no rule that says you can't send a postcard to a $250,000 seller trying to sell your listing. You're not soliciting their listing. You can even put that on there. It's not mandatory, it's not needed. But the fact of the matter is, that's a presentation. So if I come to your house and explain to you, look what I'm gonna do, Mr. and Mrs. Jones, I'm not only gonna create these beautiful brochures on your property, so when people come here, they differentiate your house above and beyond the competitors, your the competitor down the street, right? And I'll tell you another story about that in a minute. But I'm also gonna mail directly, I'm gonna be proactive. Because when that $250,000 seller sells, 
Now we're counting on that agent to come show your property. And by the way, there's 147 properties in that price point. Now I know right now that might not be true, but it's going to be true again, even if there's 30. How does that agent exclude your listing? Well, with me, they don't because I'm sending it right to the homeowner. So now when they sell, they at least go to their agent and say, okay, let's go find a house, but I wanna see this one as well as the ones that you've got to show me. So you're kind of circumventing that one. Here's another one I told you would absolutely blow you away. Most people, I have never met anyone actually in this business in 30 years that knows that realtor.com, there's a page on realtor.com that will show you where your buyers are coming from, especially out of state. So if you're in San Diego and realize that Greg Newman, 202 of his clients came from Arizona. When it gets to be 112 degrees and they don't want to be there, they come to San Diego. But every market in the country has that, that information. And if you get a hold of us, I'll show you how to get, that, get to that link. But now you're in a listing presentation. You go, well, Mr. and Mrs. Jones, 67% of people are going to, you know, we're going to get all of them. And by the way, I noticed that, you know, about 10% of the homeowners here are from Ohio. So what I am going to do is I'm going to send the top brokers in Ohio a postcard on your property or a property brochure. Now you're probably thinking, David, you're spending a lot of money. Hold on guys, I never said how many I was gonna mail. I could mail 100 postcards to people that are currently selling and I could mail 10 postcards to brokers in Ohio. I didn't say, you don't lie, but I've never said, I'm not committing myself to 5,000 postcards or 100,000 property brochures. You just gotta keep it reasonable. And it's a really good strategy. And really what you're doing is appeasing the seller. And occasionally, if, when the market, if the market changes and we go back to expires, you're going to be shocked what's going to happen. I'm not going to tell you because that's not your intent. All right, last one. This one is really fun. So this morning I walked in my office here in San Diego. I got, there's a package, a FedEx package on my, on my desk. And I opened it. I'm going to show this to you and see if you can't quite see it. But what it says is that's HP at the top, Hewlett Packard. Well, I own five presses, three here in San Diego and two in New York. They want my business. Okay, and one of the last things I wanna to cover today is variable data. It's just critical if you're gonna do direct mail. You can't cut corners on this one. So I think I showed you in the previous uh, piece with Lisa Groth that we literally have the homeowner's name on her piece four times. Watch. We all got a check, said $50,000, David Collins, with a clear envelope, and we all opened the first one knowing it was garbage. But the fact that it had our name on it got us to open it. it is one of the publishers' clearinghouses is the one that started this. It's one of the most effective forms of direct mail ever. As a matter of fact, it's seven times more effective um, than not doing it. So I get in my office this morning. I am a huge Xerox person. I have five half-million-dollar presses. And I, I'm loyal as the day is long. And HP, Hewlett Packard, has been trying to get my business for years, right? And we've been doing this now since 2007 here. Look at what I got this morning in, in my, on my desk. Made from HP, but check this out. There's my name and the company name. Do you think I didn't open this? You kidding me? I was like, oh my God, look at this thing, right? It's just absolutely amazing what they did here. That's the power of variable data. So don't cut corners if you're gonna do direct mail. If you do it with us, everything has variable data. That's just the way we roll. There's no exception to that rule. Postcards, property brochures, personal sphere, 
mailers. Um, personal sphere mailers are a great way to stay in touch with your personal sphere, and you don't have to worry about it. We do like statistical data for your entire area. Like if you're in Denver, we have a lot of agents in Denver that we mail to their personal sphere, and it's just the Denver data because your personal sphere lives all over Denver, not just in one neighborhood. So anyway, it's been a pleasure with you. Um, next session, we're going to deal with gentlemen from Florida. So we've got Idaho, Phoenix, and San Diego, and now we're going to go to Florida. Uh, super, super guy. I'm not going to give his name right yet, but uh, we, you'll get to meet him next week. Um, just an incredible agent and uh, doing really, really well. Uh, thank you again. It's been a pleasure, and I will see you at the next episode. This has been another episode of the Real Marketing University podcast, bringing you the new real estate success stories each and every month. Thank you so much for joining us. If you're interested in learning more about real marketing, please visit realmarketingforyou.com. That's realmarketing, the number four, u.com. And if you haven't already, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe now on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We look forward to helping you on your journey and becoming the local neighborhood expert. Thanks for listening.